out and we're now we're recording and uh, welcome there we go we are live and what is going on here with oh there it is i see it and we are we are live and ready to go ladies and gentlemen and children of all ages listen to my radio voice it's phenomenal i tell you this <laughs> is phenomenal welcome to our current event show uh a hundred and sit well i gotta make this lower otherwise we'll be hearing a double Oh, let's see how loud I can get it. For some reason, I thought I had lowered the volumes, but it was special effects. Uh, and now you just had some special effects. Uh, thank you. Bravo, bravo. Anyway, uh, welcome to our current event show. This is the 165th consecutive week that we've been broadcasting to all the social media platforms. And I am amazed. 165. Who's got a calculator? How many years is that? It's one. Okay, no, it's more than one. Um, 165. You know, if I was good with math, I would have been an accountant. But anyway, hey, I'm your host, Jan Landy. We got a great panel today. And remember, everything you hear today is an opinion. This is the show where you watch, that you realize that, you know, it's okay. You know, it's okay to appear stupid. But when we open our mouths, we're going to remove all doubts. That's what I like about it. And, uh, you know, but we are intelligent people. We are very intelligent people. As a matter of fact, yes. Yesterday, I mentioned the name of Buckminster Fuller in conversation. I mean, try and do that. So there you go. So, and anyone, if they, by the way, does everybody know who Buckminster Fuller is? Like I said, it's better to appear stupid. Okay, anyway, uh, all kidding aside, Buckminster Fuller, he invented the geodesic dome. Geodesic dome? I mean, that's pretty intense. Yeah, I mean, you've all seen yeah, that. Yeah, nobody knows know he, that, dude. Nobody. What do you, yeah, everybody, I mean, if, if I'm telling you, his children. That, you should have just said, hey, you know. I think everybody knows the dome, but nobody knows who invented it. <laughs> oh, no, no, those, he, he, won, he, won, he won a Nobel Prize for that. Yeah, when? Uh, when yeah. nobody was around. Nobody knows that. Probably 1935, hey, yeah. right? <laughs> well, whatever it is, when I'm when I finally did get to meet him, he was an older gentleman, that's for okay, sure. And I was talking about this with someone yesterday that he gave me a bit of advice that I've carried with me my whole entire life since I met him. Uh, I was once involved in a project called World Stage, and this was way before we had two-way communication like this using video. And the idea was is we were going to have a concert in one location beam it up to the satellite, and then beam it down to all these different arenas using Ida 4 projectors. Now, Ida 4 projectors were the size of Volkswagen vans in those they days. They were so loud. And, uh, <laughs> what? They were so loud. Oh, my God. Yeah, they were huge. That I have a picture of me with Led Zeppelin with, uh, with uh, five of these Ida 4 projections doing uh, front screen projection of Led Zeppelin. But that's another story. Anyway, what Buckminster Fuller uh, implanted in me that lived with me for the rest of my life and how Soundbroker works. By the way, this show is being brought to you by Soundbroker. Uh, thank you so much. Um, is that the more high tech we get as people, the more high touch we need as people. And so um, I've been living with that for, you know, for my long, 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 long time. So anyway, how's everybody doing? We got a lot to talk about, but I would just want to know, how's everybody in the room? Anybody has anything that they want to say before I talk about the bullshit that I want to talk about? Oh, oh my bullshit. gosh, those things are huge. The Ida 4 projectors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, yeah. You know, we did, the, we did a really early uh, upfront uh, I think it was ABC or one of those networks. We did it up front at the Century Plaza and uh, they did front projection because of the way the layout was. And they put uh, two idafors on the floor in the audience. And it took three days of building a house around these things because they were so damn loud. Nobody could hear yeah. anything, you know? And oh, it was just, you know, they're, they're huge. <laughs> and now you could, now you can have a projector that would cast more light and more high def, the size of a of a of a toaster oven, <laughs> you know, which is amazing how technology has come. And I want to thank NASA for that. And you know, cheap. so um, I mean, it's not just Tang that I enjoy. That's for sure, you know. <laughs> and also the Fisher Space Pen. I mean, really, have you if you've ever used the Fisher Space Pen, you'll know what I'm talking about. You yeah. know the story about you know the story about the Fisher Pen, right? You guys know about this. No, no. So this, the story goes like this, that NASA spent over a million dollars 
developing a pen that would write in space. So you could hold it upside down, inside out, doesn't matter. It would never, it would always write. And the Russians, they decided <laughs> to use a pencil. Same effect. Unbelievable. Go figure. All right. That's it. Maybe that's what I should call it. The Russians invented the pencil. Uh, <laughs> oh so, so you might see I'm wearing a new set of headsets uh, on my ears, and they are called shocks. S-H-O-K-Z. Now, David Dansky told me about them last week. Um, it basically, um, I'm trying to remember who he um, who he had heard about them from, but David's not in the room right now. He's driving in the car. And I have to tell you, this the model that I got, the OpenCom 2UC, is spectacular. If you're on the phone, if you use the phone, then I highly recommend these because they're bone conducting. If you could see, they don't go in your ear, they go around your ear. And it also gives you a thrill because every once in a while you get like a, a cute little vibration around your ear. And it's really good. And especially if you're blind, this is a wonderful way to go. So um, basically, uh, the shocks, we'll put a link up in the, up, up, on, up on the uh, thing. And by the way, if you order today, I can get you a discount. All right. But uh, I can't tell you the whole story. Otherwise, I'll be put in jail. Okay. So there you go. Um, so you, also, can, you can hear people talking around you, right? Because you don't have inserts in your ears, right? It's it's you hear everything around you where where David told me that it's really beneficial is if he's if he's using them in an airport and then you never miss you never miss the announcements. I when I first had my ear molds made, right? <laughs> this is so this is so perfect. All the ultimate ears I go and I'm thinking, oh, this is the bomb, right? Nine hundred dollars for these damn things, right? I get them all. I was going to my the first gig with them. I plugged them into my phone. I'm at the airport and I'm listening to music and I'm not really paying attention. I missed my goddamn flight because they they announced they were born in the plane and I had these things in. I couldn't hear a goddamn thing. <laughs> so David, I, I was yeah. just telling the story. I was just telling the story about the shocks. How you told me you were going to use them at the airport so you wouldn't miss your flight. And Bruce already missed his flight from something like that. So that's crazy. Yeah, it was the only time I ever missed a flight, and it was because of the those in-ears so now you know i use just a pair of sony's and what i'm using now for when i'm running around yeah. because i like to hear stuff you know i want i want to be able to hear in the background <laughs> yeah they're amazingly they're they're amazingly acoustic i mean the 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 quality of the sound that you get out of it it's it's really interesting because they're not in your ear and you would expect you would expect not to be able to hear well or the quality of the sound not good but and the other thing about these things is not only do you hear well but when you're on a phone call they have precision yes. audio it's microphones that are noise um, canceling david please mute your mic i'll mute it for you buddy don't worry about it uh whatever you're ordering uh i know you're ordering something um but uh, anyway, uh, the reality is, is that these things are made out of titanium, Bruce, and they are so light. You can't even you forget you're wearing them. You absolutely forget you're wearing them. And what else could I tell you about these things? Uh, how, how much are they see. roughly? Uh, they cost about one hundred ninety nine dollars on Amazon. But if you uh, DM me uh, only if you're in our meeting right now, I have a I have a special code that I can give you to uh, save yourself $60 off of it. It's a long involved story, but just trust me, wow. um, it's not worth repeating on air. It's only worth repeating. And it's a reason for you guys to come and join the panel so you can come early and stay late and join in the conversations where we talk about other things that are not airworthy. And some are airworthy. Some are airworthy, but they're just, you know, geeky. And you know, some, some are not air legal. <laughs> air legal. That's it. Air legal. Air legal. Air legal. So, yeah. Anyway, I want to give you another tip of the day. And this is a this is really cool. If you guys have send send out emails to people and then you need to follow up with them and you sometimes forget or you got to put it in a calendar or whatever, there is an app. Uh, it's an online service called follow up then.com tina throws the link in the in the chat it's free it's free for the basic service but if you want to want to follow up with emails that have attachments then you need to uh uh invest in the service i've been doing this now for years and the way i use it 
is that if I talk to you and, and you say to me, what well, could you follow up next week? I just put in the blind copy uh, follow up, uh, you know, like uh, Tuesday at five o'clock p.m., you know, follow up. And then at Tuesday, five o'clock, uh, I get an email back in my box and it's a real good way to go. Uh, and they are not supporting the show, but I just wanted to tell you about a follow up then dot com. Really, really cool. I really like it. And uh, you will like it, too. You'll thank me later. So before we went online, we were talking about how hot it is. Anyway, listen to this. One hundred and twenty eight degrees in California's Death Valley. And wow. they're saying that it might go up to one hundred and thirty four degrees in Death Valley. And here's the craziest thing. There are people actually going to Death Valley to experience that kind of heat. Is Now, tell me that's not nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. Plus for the fact that, you know, a lot of older cars do not want to run in that kind of heat. I'd be, you know, and my car ain't old, and I'd be worried that at that temperature, it would start having radiator problems, you know? Oh, God, yeah. And if you don't have enough water, whatever, you could actually die out there. Tina, before we came online, Tina was telling a story, uh, and I'll, I'll let her take it over from here, about an airline. Oh, by the way, everything you hear today is an opinion. So do your own research. Okay. So, Tina, um, you were telling us about what airline and where was this? Here in Las Vegas yesterday afternoon. Yeah, the I read, I read Delta about Airlines hijacked. Just joking. They didn't hijack, but they did hijack people. When it, it's a hijack, when you leave people on an airplane for four hours with no air conditioning in a hundred and eleven plus uh, weather outside in Las Vegas. Didn't they have an yeah. emergent? Didn't they have an ambulance come and take someone off the flight that like conked out in the middle of? Well, there no. Well, there was a few people who passed out, not just one person. Oh. I, I... Oh, I didn't know. I thought it was one person, but okay. No, and, and there was a few people that soiled themselves, and there were a lot of people that were just <laughs> out. It, it was terrible. Oh, that's now, that's a scary thought to soil yourself on a plane. Not only does it, not only is it uncomfortable for you, but I feel sorry for the people around you, man. The people, are, I mean, that smell, oh my God. You know what? Did, did you shit in your pants? What the hell? I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how I would relate to something like that. Be crazy. Yeah. And then anyway, the, speaking of the crazy, airline isn't required to compensate anyone. Well, I think there are now because I think the I think the new FAA regulations, if you're on a plane more than two hours, they have to compensate you. Uh, I, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I'm sure if you Google it, you'll find out. But I'm almost positive that if you have to be on a plane for more than two hours, they have to compensate you. But it's it's unconscionable that they would keep people in that kind of heat in the plane because basically you're in a metal tube. I mean, it had to be hotter than what the weather was outside because the sun is just baking on you. I know if you've never experienced this, if you haven't lived in Las Vegas or anywhere, it's really hot. Up to 103 degrees, you can go outside and in the sun, and it, it, it's 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 not a great experience, but it's it's doable. However, once it gets over 103, you feel like an ant under a under under uh, under 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 a magnifying glass, where the sun is just focusing right in on you. Today, I had to go from my car to Whole Foods in the parking lot, and it, it couldn't have been any more than maybe 100 feet. And I thought I was going to melt. It was so hot. I thought I was going to burn myself. So you know, it's I hot. Can't, I can't believe in Las Vegas and also in Scottsdale, Arizona, which is, you know, Phoenix for the most part, they actually have gigs outside. And even when the gigs are in the evening, it's still too damn hot. And the poor guy's got to set up during the day. I can't tell you how many times I've I've done, you know, big corporate events at some some, you know, uh, some resort in Scottsdale in in June, and some the local whomever is setting up the party at night outside, and it's been like 112 degrees. It's like these people are nuts. I can't believe they make them do that. 
it's it's amazing that they make them do that. And also, but but you know, the key is you got to drink a lot of water because when it gets to be that kind of temperature, you don't sweat, you evaporate, and you don't know that you're losing your water. And you have to be careful you don't dehydrate. So uh, if you're out in the sun uh, in Las Vegas, Arizona, New Mexico, any of those, make sure you drink plenty of water. Oh, that's my tip of the day. Although it is an opinion, I highly recommend you do that. So. So Jan, anyway, you, you, you probably know in, in January and in August, uh, Las Vegas has Magic, which is the uh, the clothes uh, clothes show, you know, and it's, it's oh like, yeah, it's a large convention here. Every right? Year. They they yeah, they take up like all of Vegas convention centers. Yes. And I would go uh, with with World Stage, and we would do audio distribution in uh, in a couple of the big you know huge convention center rooms. We would hang 360 degree arrays. We'd hang like you know ten of them. And it took a few days to set them all up. And the one year we went, we got there and they wouldn't turn the air conditioning on. It was summer, it was July. And they wouldn't turn the air on in the convention center. And the whole union crew, I got there just after the load-in. And I I, uh, I walked in the door and the air conditioning was on in the convention center. And man, that's got to be expensive. And I walked up to Jeff and I said, what's the deal, man? They turned the air on. He says, yeah, well, the whole union crew let, you know, walked out of the building and said, we're not coming back in until you turn the air on. Because it was like, you know, it was like 96 in the convention center. And so uh, it was this huge ordeal. And so they turned the air on. And so we had the air for like three weeks, which is, which is great because it was so hot and hot and hell. <laughs> yeah. You, you know what I found out that that UPS and FedEx, well, UPS actually was going on strike because there was no air conditioning in their trucks. And one of the one of the one of one of the uh, concessions they got from management is they're going to put air conditioning now in all the UPS trucks. Well, they should have. Well, but they still might go on on ago. strike. Say that again, Tina. They should have did that a long time ago. Yeah, they should have done it forever. Horrible. Yeah. You know, but I will I, I will say this. UPS now is thinking about going on strike. The the workers for UPS have voted to go on strike. And if they go on strike, I highly recommend before they go on strike that if you have to have a package delivered anywhere, get it out there because UPS does a lot of contract labor with all of the other carriers, such as the U.S. Postal System, FedEx, um, you know, when when it comes down to a pinch to get stuff where they need to get it, all the all those services will contract with each other. So uh, if they do go on strike, you think they're going on strike. If you have to have a package, get it out there right away. Okay. Another tip of the day. Um, okay. So you know what things that don't quit? LeBron James. I mean, he is now going to return this fall for his 21st NBA season. LeBron James. Is that not? I mean, that's amazing. I mean, this guy is spectacular. Uh, he's been spectacular for a long, long time. And I'll bet Tina knows him personally. <laughs> no, not me, but I've watched his career all these years. Well, don't you feel like you know him personally? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is uh, Come on. Tell us tell us some dirt about him. You know, come on. You could do it. Oh, no. All I, right, I don't no, have any. <laughs> <laughs> you know, another another thing that keeps going and going and going, but they're now stopping is the dead end company. The, I mean, take a guess. I mean, take a guess on how much money they've earned this year on their tour. Enlighten us. A hundred million dollars. The dead end company have are, are generating a hundred million dollars, according to Polestar. I mean, what? that's outrageous. Is that the Grateful Dead without, what's his name? Without Jerry Garcia. Right. Oh, wow. I thought they stopped. Uh, I, You know, for some reason, I thought they didn't stay together after he died. And, and you know, the Dead and Company was like a tribute band or something. But it's not. It's the original band, huh? No. That's well, every, it's still a tribute band. It's almost oh. everybody. It's not everybody. Uh, well, uh, Jerry Garcia isn't playing, even though a lot of people who go see it don't know that. You know, because they're so high on LSD, they still think he is there, you know, so um, just an FYI. But John Mayer, I, you wouldn't think you I just wouldn't think that that would be a good match. But he's been with them for eight years. Yeah, really? that's right. I forgot about that. You know, he yeah. is such an excellent blues guitar player. It's just and a lot of people don't even know that. And I, 
it's amazing he's i have his album and it's just i can't get enough of it it's just astounding it's really 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 good album really talented guy really talented guy guy, i am honored to know that someone in the room still buys albums i love it well you know what i mean mean? i've been streaming you know i've been streaming everything you know it's kind of interesting and you know and and we got two people from from los angeles in the room so this actors writer strike you know they want more money for streaming and it just seems that they did make a deal with all the musicians about streaming because very very few people are now buying records anymore everybody's streaming so somehow they made a deal now i understand that you have to have hundreds of thousands of plays before you make any money but the, but right now the the streaming industry is definitely hurting the live the live movie theater business for sure um, anybody have any concept or anything that they want to say about that? Well, that's one of the reasons why concerts are so damn expensive now, because it used to be the concert supported the album. Now, you know, the concert and the merchandise has to make the money because, you know, because they're not making any money on albums anymore, <laughs> which I find absurd because I don't mind buying an album, but I hate the fact that it costs $150 to go to go see anybody anymore. And that's and that's on the cheap side, you know. My wife works yeah. a lot of the K-pop concerts and the cheap tickets are $500. It's unbelievable. Oh, it's crazy what the tickets. I just heard some yeah. concert. It was 1500 bucks to get in. I mean, it's like, it's like nuts. It's yeah. absolutely nuts. I, okay. I basically don't go to concerts anymore. <laughs> All right. Listen to this. Okay. Lionel Messi, you know who he is? Yes. Soccer player from Argentina, right? He's now, he's now playing for Miami and they're saying that tickets for the first game are selling now for $110,000 each. <laughs> People are reselling their seats on a website called Vivid Seats. And that's one of the most expensive ticket prices ever recorded for an MS. I, I mean, that's for a soccer team, the MLS team. But I would assume that that would be the most expensive ticket ever. I mean, who would spend that kind of money to see a soccer match? I think well, you were, I read, Jan. I read somewhere, and this is an opinion, not a fact, because I don't remember exactly. But when Lionel Messi signed for Miami, they said he basically gave up about $400 million to play in Europe to do it. So I don't know what they're paying him, but it's got to be a lot of money. I'll bet it's a lot of money, but tickets for $110,000? I mean, this is for, I mean, I, I admit a soccer match lasts a long time, but still 110 grand, you know, that's crazy money. Hey, Josh Zimmer, what's happening, buddy? Hey, Josh. Not much, not much. Hey, everybody. Uh, 110,000, take that out of petty cash. Oh, take it out. No, the, the most expensive in sports history was a, a Saudi Arabian business person who paid $2.66 million to see the rivalry soccer match between legendary Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi. Isn't that not crazy? Didn't now did Lionel Messi bite his ear at that? And was that the game that he bit his ear off? No, or is that uh, is that a boxing match? I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Which is pretty funny. Anyway, I've never heard of any of those people. So that's you know, I wouldn't give you 10 cents for any of that stuff. So here's some guys paying two million dollars, and I would never even heard of who he's going to see. <laughs> Well, I'm, well, here, I'm right with you there, Bruce. I'm right with you there. I don't know who any soccer player is. I, I'm so not a sports fan. It's unbelievable. Well, well here's, <laughs> a, here's I, another. I like wrestling. Yeah. I've watched Messi for I've watched Messi for years. We were actually Myrna and I were in Barcelona when he was playing for Barcelona, and they were going to England to play for the championship. And the entire airport was decked out in Messi outfits. And they chartered like extra planes to fly to England just because so many people were going. It was insane. Yeah. It's crazy. It's almost like a Shiki concert, you know, right? He really is that good, though. You know, I mean, I've been watching him for years. In the World Cup, he basically won won the whole thing for himself. I mean, for the team. He was wonderful. Well, he had his moment. 
had his moment because I believe in the I believe in the Olympics. He didn't do so well, you know, but everybody has their moments. But, uh, you know, but he's one of the top, you know, Christiana. I mean, I guess the the all time greatest player of all time must have been Pele, you know, and I was fortunate enough to get to see him on TV uh, when he was playing with Brazil because I was down in Brazil at the time, you know, and actually one of his trainers was my trainer at the gym in Rio. So, uh, you know, and thanks to him, I needed back surgery. So there you go. There you have it. Um, we'll come back to surgery in a minute. <laughs> so you, you're going to tell us why you're still in uh, Las Vegas, Jan? <laughs> well, okay. So there were two things that happened. Number number one, number one the, the, the first thing that happened was I was in the process of selling uh, a stage. It's called a, a Stage Line SL 320 and it's hundreds of thousands of dollars it was upwards of three hundred thousand dollars and the the what was about to happen i'm i'm in thailand and we put this all together but what was about to happen is that the buyer was going to wire the seller the money however what happened was is that the 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 seller had the stage encumbered with a lien and because of that they both agreed that they wanted to do the sale however they didn't trust each other enough so that they would give that money up. So they wanted me to hold it. Now it just happened to work out perfectly because I had to come back to Las Vegas because I had to sign over a deed. And by the way, if you're selling property, here's an interesting thing. You could do everything about the sale with DocuSign except for the deed. The deed has to be signed in person or in front of a notary republic. And if you do it in front of a notary republic, it's a very difficult process. So it's best. So I had to come in for that. Just so happens to be at the same time that I was doing that, as, as I was doing that, the sale happened. So they wired me the money and then I was responsible for getting the lien removed. And that was a lot of work. So while I'm here doing all of this, I decided that I was going to take a, a test to test my prostate. Now, um, this is very exciting stuff. I mean, I got to tell you the prostate, man. It's like the it's like the hero of the of the male body. You know, it's like females don't have it. I don't believe. Of course, how could they have it? Because it produces the semen. Uh, so uh, or it actually produces the liquid that the semen travels through. And so um, I took a test and uh, it's called the PSA test, a PSA test. Uh, prostate specific antigen. I believe that's what it's called. Uh, remember, this is an opinion show. You have to do your own research. However, it came back high. And so the once that comes back high, uh, the only other way to see whether or not, oh, let me explain to you. If, you. if it comes back high, it's a possibility that you have cancer. All right, male prostate cancer. And of course, today, that's not a death sentence anymore if you catch it early. And I highly recommend anybody, anybody over 50 years old, go take a prostate test. Uh, it's, it's, it's painless. You it's a blood test. And they just check the antigen in your, in, in your system. Basically, what happens if you look at it is like a sewer system, your prostate's a sewer system, it has some leaks. And if it leaks enough, that means it's either enlarged or you have cancer. And so that's how you tell by taking this simple test. Well, my test came back high. And at that point in time, the doctor said to me, well, we better make sure. So what we're going to do, the next step is we're going to get an MRI of your prostate. And that's what happened. I had to stay around for the, the, uh, the MRI. Uh, unfortunately for me, that MRI came back that I had a 1.5 centimeter lesion in my prostate. And so the only way to tell at that point in time, whether it's benign or cancerous is to do a biopsy. And so I opted to stay here in Las Vegas to do the biopsy. And that biopsy was today. And I have to tell you, uh, if you, if you're a man, if you're a man and you're over 60 years old, you're either, you know, you have the, 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 the odds are that you are going to either die from prostate cancer or die with prostate cancer is way into the, you know, the, 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 the 90% bracket. So basically the, they, they say that once you get over 60, 65, every man's prostate was going to be enlarged. Uh, 
Normally, it's the if you think about it, normally it's the size of a walnut. But in this case, as it gets enlarged, it gets to be the size of a lemon. And all that means is, is that that it's a little bit harder to pee and empty your bladder so that you go to you, you pee more often than not. Anyway, so today, fortunately for me, I did the biopsy. It's painless. It really is painless. It, I was going to say, it's, how did they get in there to get it? A, say again? How do they get in there to get it? It's like buried in you in there. All right. I'll tell you the story if you really want to hear it. You know, it's, um, you know, uh, <laughs> but basically it is, it's, it's basically painless. And so today when they did this biopsy now, and there's no way to tell for sure uh, of the outcome of the biopsy until the, the oncologist goes through it, tests it and comes back. But today they did that. And my doctor said to me, he says, Hey, I don't think you've got cancer. I think this is just a, a little bit, a, a little bit of lesion because what they do, what they do for the biopsy and they do it in the office and there's two different kinds, but this is pretty simple. Uh, they put a ultrasound tube in your rectum and they, they inspect the prostate because if you, if you, if the, re the rectum butts up to the prostate. That's that's how it works. The mm. rectum butts up to the prostate. And so basically what they do is they put a probe. They 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 look at the they look at the 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 uh, the growth on your prostate with the ultrasound and then they numb it with Novocaine and there's no pain. There's absolutely no pain whatsoever with the Novocaine. You don't even know that you the, you don't even know that they've done it. You don't you can't feel anything. Uh, and then the then they go in with the ultrasound and and then they take little samples, little snippets. And the worst part about it is you hear a sound like click, click, every time they snip it, you know, and it's it's painless. And, uh, you know, I, I highly recommend that you get your PSA tests because you want to, you know, if you catch it in the bud, it, it's, you know, there are three things that could happen if you, if or there's actually five things that'll happen if you have prostate cancer. Number one is they'll, 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 when they do the biopsy, they come back with what they call a Gleason score. And the Gleason score basically just tells you how fast the cancer is growing. That's all it does. And if the Gleason score is low, they'll tell you not to do anything. They're just going to watch it. Like I said, most men die with prostate cancer rather than from prostate cancer. Um, and so it's not a death sentence. And it could take 20, 20, 25, 30 years if you have a low Gleason score for it to become fatal. And usually at that point in time, you're going to die of something else. But they have five different ways they could get rid of it. One that they could do a radiation treatment that's pinpointed on the on the prostate. It takes four sessions, more or less. Number two or number two is uh, they can do a freezing. They can freeze it. Number three, they can do a surgery. Uh, number four, they could put a radiation seed in. And number five, they do nothing. And that's basically what it is. So it's pretty harmless and it can be done. Um, and the procedure was was really nice. The only thing that hurt was when I went into the uh, to mm -hmm. the office, they want to give you a antibiotic and the antibiotic is an injection and it's some serious antibiotic. I mean, I've never I've never felt woozy from from an antibiotic before. But when she shot me with that antibiotic in the butt, man, I'll tell you that hurt. And and because it hurt, I said, ow, ow, ow. And she was such a nice nurse. She just rubbed it for me. And I think she rubbed it. You know, I'm, I'm just glad she didn't do a reach around. That's all I can say, you know, but it was the best part of the whole thing, you know, was getting that, getting my ass rubbed while, uh, while uh, the pain went down. So anyway, any questions? I'm, I bet you're sorry. You asked why I'm still here in Vegas. Uh, Bruce. Who asked that question? <laughs> yeah. So I can't stay on much longer. I'm in the movie theater. I was wondering oh, where you were walking around, David. Was that? I was watching, you know, I was wa I was watching where you, were, you know, when you were eating there and the camera was... I, I also could say that your camera is really clear. What sort of camera are you using? It's an iPhone. It's an is iPhone. It? 14. Very clear. Yeah. What movie are you about to see? Well, it's interesting. It's Hugh Jackman in the, the actual Broadway musical of uh, Oklahoma. And well, they're showing it in the movie theater. Let me know how it is. <laughs> okay. It's a special that was show. The, that was oh, actually the first play I ever saw was Wildcat, not not Oklahoma. Um, the first play that I ever saw on Broadway was Wildcat. Just thought I'd throw that in. 
Anyway, that David, you interrupted ball, the story. Right? You, you interrupted the story of the prostate. What was on your mind? What were you going to say? Sorry, what was that? We had to say something. He wanted to say something because he started talking about he, he then all of a sudden he, we asked him where he was. Is there anything you wanted to add to the prostate story? It's a pain in the ass. OK, there you go. <laughs> anyway, you got to well, go to my I doctor. Could, they rub say. it nice. They rub it nice. I, I, I've never had it, but my grandpa had it when I was when I was a teenager, when I was really young. My grandpa had uh, prostate cancer and we didn't even know it until I was staying at their house one night and they had to take him to the hospital in the middle of the night, wake me up and tell him, hey, we're taking him to the hospital. It was prostate. And he was like 67, I think, at the time when it happened. So yeah, it was pretty pain. I've seen him in pain. So but I, yeah. I just imagine what people go through. After. Well, just know this, just know this, Josh, that the technology has changed so much in the last two years. It's so much it they have gone so far with it that like I it's it's so rare now that someone will die of prostate cancer. It's super yep. rare. They would have to have not done anything. They wouldn't they would have had to, you know, had pain. They've had they would have to been bleeding through their, you know, bleeding when they pee, bleeding when they when they poo and and not do anything about it. I mean, it, it, that would have to be that would have to be. They would really have to they would really have to they would really have to neglect themselves to die of cancer now of prostate cancer. Yep. So and, it's really and someone come a long told way. me too that it's if someone in your family has it, it's almost hereditary that you're gonna get it. If it's if a member of your family had it, it's almost hereditary that you're gonna have it too. A lot of things are. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, Dan, you're all good. Hi, David. Well, one of the hereditary things I wish I had was an inheritance. Unfortunately, <laughs> I didn't get one. You know, so Hey, hey, what, okay, uh, if we're speaking about money, I already bought my Powerball tickets for tonight. I'm going to win it. One billion dollars with a B, hey? One bit. Oh, I can't do it. I'm trying to do it like, uh, what's the name uh, uh, from that movie? Mini-Me. Yeah, Mini-Me. One billion dollars. Yeah, one million, <laughs> one billion with a B, you know, one billion with a B. That's but crazy money. Like 400 million. If you take it, the lump set cash pail, it's like 400 million. Yeah. You know, anything more than two or three million, it's a waste of money. You know, I mean, what are you going to do? Buy a jet? I mean, really, you know, I mean, what are you going to do with that kind of money? And by the way, if you do kind of win that money, you got to change your phone number. You got to you got to get a disguise. Everybody you've ever known, everybody you will ever know, every 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 charity organization, you'll be hit up so fast, so hard. So, I mean, amazing how your well, life is going to change. A friend of mine told me that he knows someone that um, years ago, they had a Powerball winning here in Wisconsin. It was like a group of people. But one of the guys that won it did not want anybody to know who he wanted. So before he cashed it in, he got a lawyer and they went around it. And when he went to sign, he wore a disguise, signed his name, but they had to keep it they try to keep it confidential and nobody even knows who the guy is. And he kind of just kept it on a roll on the low yeah. end. Yeah. I mean, that's really what happens when you win that kind of money. You've got I, to, I you, you, like you've got to protect yourself. The ticket date. I think you have like, you have like six months from the time that the ticket was drawn to clean your money, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Well, if I do one more sale like this last sale, I'm going to have to change my phone number too. And that's all there is. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, David, uh, David left the room. Yeah, David's going to a movie. By the way, has anybody seen that new movie, Mission Impossible? Yes. Oh my God, it is. It's nonstop action. I nonstop. Saw it twice. It's nonstop action. If you haven't seen this movie, I can't recommend that high enough for the amount of money that you pay. Which I was shocked how much they wanted for a movie ticket. You're actually buying whatever the movie ticket is. Let's say it was twenty four seventy five or something like that at really? AMC for the high definition uh, IMAX version of it in prime time. We went on an off hour, so it was only sixteen dollars and twenty five cents uh, for a senior discount. But I would tell you, for sixteen dollars, you're getting you're getting to experience three hundred million dollars of an investment. It's impressive. So you know where he jumps off the mountain on a motorcycle? He did that, actually did that three times to get those shots. Well, actually, I heard it was many more times than that. Many, yeah, I, many, I, many I, more I've times. I've heard three when they were talking about it on some show. 
Now, yeah. he, well, maybe they filmed it three different times, but yeah, uh, my understanding, did, yeah. I, if you, I mean, if you Google it, there is a, there's so many videos out on YouTube right now, how they practice it, how they rehearsed it, how, how, what the training he was. I mean, it, it, it's crazy how that, I don't want to give away any spoilers on the movie, but I, you have no idea why he's doing that jump until you see the movie. Yeah, and yeah. that, and the movie that was the, good. It was good. Well, if you remember you know, in the first Mission Impossible, we got the fight scene, and at, at one point he's fighting a guy. I think it was with a knife. That knife was real, and they had a cable on. And he he said he wanted that real knife. It came like millimeters from hitting his eyeball. It was like but you could put just enough enough space between the tip of the knife and his eyeball that you could slide a piece of paper through. They said yeah. it was that close, and he wanted yeah. it that way. So has any of you guys ever seen the original series back in the sixties? It was great. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Peter Phelps. I've never seen. Yeah, I've never oh, seen you it. need to watch a couple of them because you know they, uh, uh, he really follows the uh, the way they did it. You know, it's the same the music and everything. I mean, and and the whole thing in the beginning where he gets his mission, they have followed the storyline or the the format and how the, you know right to the TV show. It's been it, it's it's I really have enjoyed the series. It's been great. Yeah, that was I mean, that same guy was the was one of the stars. He was the pilot in Airplane. Yeah. Which was very funny based <laughs> on the character, you know, because he was such a serious character, you know, and yeah. now he's the, you know, Roger, Roger, uh, you know, and that's it, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's good. You know, speaking of a lot of money, did you guys happen to catch Wimbledon? There's a new champion in town, uh, Carlos Alcaraz. And uh, he defeated uh, Novak Djokovic, which is pretty made. The guy's like 20 years old, 18 years old, something like that. And he's what a career this guy's going to have. He's an amazing tennis player, amazing tennis player. And then for the first time in the history of Wimbledon, an unseated woman won her match. Unseated. That was crazy. You know, I thought it was kind of unusual and and that the woman she beat, the woman she beat was Anz Jabbar. I think that's how she pronounced her name. Marketa, uh, I don't even, I'm not even going to try to pronounce her name. Is that her name? Mandrusova? No, Marketa Vrandrusova. Yeah, she's got like multiple highlights on the on her name. And she's, she had the, <laughs> the most ugliest tattoos I've ever seen in my life. Those Those tattoos are so ugly. I wanted to know whether she was cut you know, I mean, basically, how ugly, ugly but she are played they? really good tennis. <laughs> how ugly? How ugly are they? they? <laughs> oh, well, are they ugly, man? They were, they were, they were ugly. They were you so know, like, ugly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you want to go celibate after you see a tattoo like that? I'll tell you. I gotta that be right honest now. with you. I got Maybe a problem with women with tattoos anyway. I just can't handle that. You know, I mean, with tattoos like that, you don't need birth control. You know, um, <laughs> but basically, the reality is. That's how ugly they are. But actually, now they've just approved the FDA just approved the first over the counter birth control pill. Which is, uh, you know, I can't wait to see what happens there. That's going to be that's that should be that should be an interesting uh, experience for people. you know, now that so many states are 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 trying to curtail women's rights, uh, this could be this could be a game changer for that. Oh, I wish them a lot of luck. It's an abortion pill, right? No birth control. No, it's birth, birth control. Con- birth control pills have been out a long, long time. When I was in high yeah, school, yeah, but you, but you need control. a prescription for them now. They're over the counter. Oh, over the counter. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, so yeah, it could be a game changer now that you can go over the counter. Of course, you have to be over eighteen years old to buy them. So, um, I, I really don't have any need for them actually now that I think about it myself. But, uh, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god not that i've just you know now that i've had the prostate exam what do i need birth control for jesus uh, <laughs> you know uh, trying to make it humorous that's it trying to make it humorous speaking speaking of humor speaking of humor b and h b and h you guys know what b and h is yeah b and h sound well b and h they are celebrating their 50th anniversary in new york uh, this September, and they're going to be at the Javits Center on September 6th and 7th. And I would think that that's going to be a, if I was in New York or I'm planning a trip in New York or I was in the United States, I would love to be at their 50th anniversary party. Uh, I'll bet it's going to be pretty amazing. B&H camera, B&H. I mean, if you've never been to B&H, oh, wow. 
They're so, an amazing store. So I got to tell you, you know, I just bought a new Mac laptop a couple of weeks ago. And because my other one was a 32 bit and I needed a 64 because nothing was working. Right. So I was dreading the thought of it because damn things are expensive, you know? And, uh, and so I called, you know, you know, Costco has them on sale once in a while. It's a couple of hundred dollars off of a $26, $2,800 machine. And that's about the biggest sale you can find on them because Apple doesn't let you let people, you know, uh, put, you know, mark the price down too much on them. Well, B&H had a sale and they had $300 off. But here was the cool part. The cool part was if you signed up for their credit card, which has some silly name on it, I forget, like, you know, I don't know, Goober credit card or something. I don't know. I'd have to look it up to tell you. I have it someplace. If you sign up for the credit card and pay with their credit card, they will waive your state taxes. Well, here in no, they don't. They, I'm sorry, they don't waive it. They pay it for you. They pay it for you, right? Well, that's yeah. So you know, here in you know, communist California, it's like over ten percent. So so you know, not only did I get three hundred and fifty dollars off on the machine. But the tax, 10% on $3,000 is 300 bucks. So I, I paid the bill, and then they kicked back the tax onto that credit card. And, of course, you know, now I'm not going to use the credit card anymore unless I buy from them. But, yeah, I mean, it was a unbelievable. I saved a lot of money. And you yeah, they pay the money tax on, for you. They don't save money. You don't save money on Apple stuff very often. So if any of you guys need anything, you know, <laughs> now's the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially, and I'll bet anything that their 50th anniversary sales are going to be off the hook. So I, I, I highly recommend yeah. you. You know, I'll, I'll, we'll probably talk about this again, but it's uh, the sub September 6th uh, through 7th, I believe, in New York. So that's what they're going to be doing, you know. And if you could save so much money at B&H, then you might be able to pay your college tuition for your kids. I am you know what I found out by CNN, listening to CNN, if you believe that, you know, if you want to believe CNN, uh, basically they're saying that college tuition has rose over 750 percent since 1963. That's crazy. That means like you can expect to pay like Harvard, for example, undergraduates can expect to pay more than ninety five thousand a year, which would include uh, housing and other expenses. But still to go to college for one hundred thousand a year, who can afford that? That's crazy. Nobody. Nobody. That's crazy unless money. Unless you get a scholarship. And even then, if you get a scholarship, that's not all guaranteed that you're going to that they're going to pay everything. You know, I would if I can get a scholarship, I'd like to get a scholarship to some sort of uh, trade school, you know, where I can learn to make something of myself. You well, know, tech, tech schools are actually uh, uh, we have a local we have a couple of local tech trade schools. And they said every one of their classes for the last, I think, five years have been packed out like there are people are going back to the trades, which Gosh, I think where, we need. We need some trade. Where are you? Are you in I'm in Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin. For some reason, I thought you were in Nashville. I don't know why. I would love to be in Nashville over by Ken Porter, but no, I'm not. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Ken's I'm surprised over. Ken Porter didn't come in the room today. I've been talking to him, but I think he's been very busy. I think he's traveling today. Uh, and Kenny Newman is in rehearsal, by the way, with Barry Manilow. Um, he's rehearsing like all day long. He's rehearsing like from 11 o'clock in the morning till about eight o'clock at night every day that he doesn't have a show. It's crazy that this guy, he's 80 something years old and he's rehearsing like, like, like he's, you know, 12, you know, it's amazing how much rehearsing they're doing over, over at the Westgate. So um, I'm sure the shows must be amazing, you know, almost makes me want to go see one of those shows and I can get in for probably, I don't want, I hope nobody's listening that I could probably get in for free if I sit at the console, but uh, you know, I think, I think he'd let me in for free. Um, let's see. What else do we want to talk about? The Roxy Theater in L.A. turns 50. Now, wow. I, I am not I'm not going to talk about that now because I have some stories that I do want to talk about the Roxy Theater and how amazing it was. So we will talk about the Roxy Theater next week. And with that in mind, I think that uh, we could just open the room to anybody who has anything at all they want to say before we say goodbye to the live streaming audience. I hope it gets a bit cooler over there. It won't. It not won't. For, not for a while. <laughs> what's what's the temperature we, over by you, Bruce? 
uh when i checked at the beginning of this meeting it was uh it said 90. it hasn't been as bad as it could be but it's you know bad it's not great well i know some parts of california are getting really hot right now yes well, my watch says it's excessive heat warning. Uh, I don't need my watch to tell me that. I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, in the Apple Watch, I have I have my battery percentage and I have the temperature setting. And so I was talking to somebody who says, it's really hot out. And I look at my watch and I says, nah, it's only 80 degrees. And he says, what are you talking about? It's 115. And I look at my watch and I was looking at my percentage of my battery. <laughs> Yeah, I've done that before. I have I have done that before with my Apple Watch. Yeah. So anybody have anything they want to say? Well, we'll say goodbye to everybody. All right, that's it. We're done. We're done. You know, stick a knife in it, stick a fork in it. We're done. Like David was sticking a fork in it earlier. Uh, I thought he was trying to say fork you over there when he was showing me the fork, but uh, I guess he didn't, you know, and so whatever. So we're done. Stick a fork in it. Um, thanks for watching. Remember, uh, you know, to give it a thumbs up, even if you didn't like the show. What do I care? I just need a thumbs up. And I also need you to, you know, to, to uh, click the like button wherever you're watching it and add some comments, tag yourself, tell your friends, tell your family, you know, don't tell your enemies, though. Uh, we don't want we don't want your enemies to get the better of us. You know, that's it. We want to we want to be on top. We want to be on top. We want to have an advantage over our enemies. That's for sure. Anyway, um, what else could I say? Stay cool. Stay cool. Remember, everything you heard today was an opinion. So do your own research. And I want to thank everybody who uh, was on the panel, everybody who's watching. Uh, this is our 165th. Uh, based on the way I do my calculations, next week will be the 166th consecutive show. So 3.1 um, years. 3.1 years. 3.1 years. What am I doing with myself here? What a life. What a life. What is life <laughs> all about? In, three years and I mean, about three years and two months. I mean, I, I asked myself, two months. What, what is life about? What does it all mean? What is the meaning of life? Yacking I guess I'm going to watch that movie, The Life yacking, of Brian or something. Yacking like that, with us you know? once a week. That's what your life is all about now. <laughs> I love it. It's the highlight of it's the highlight of my week. You know, I mean, here I am, you know, full of, you know, puncture holes from my prostate and I'm still doing the show. What the hell? What the hell? You, you know, know speaking Jack. of movies, there's this movie that's coming out in uh, September. I think it is with um, Denzel Washington's son as the uh, main character. It's called The Creator. Really? Yeah. His son? Yes. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, by the way, the, if you get Paramount, The Offer, have you like heard of The Offer? Good. The Offer is another great series on Paramount. It's about the making of The Godfather, actually. Oh, it's wow. really, really good. We'll talk about it next week as well. That's something else, um, you know. Um, so that's really good. I'm looking forward to the new enforcer with Denzel Washington. Speaking of Denzel Washington, that's uh, gonna be that equalizer, should be good. The equalizer, the equalizer, the equalizer, the equalizer, three. equalizer, I'll see, equalizer I'll see, three. Also, he's got he's a movie in. out, his son's gonna have a movie coming out. Oh, I'm sorry, I'll that's gonna be awesome. I'll tell you one thing that you, you can miss if you wanted to, and that's Jack Ryan. Uh, I watched that and uh, I, I, I don't recommend it. But if you want a funny show that's like that, uh, there's a show called Cur Covert Affairs. And uh, the characters are really nice in it. They're good looking, easy to watch. And the show is a kind of funny. It's a funny spy thing. Um, and it's been it's been around for a while. So anyway, with that in mind, remember, you make it happen. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next week. Same time, same place. If you want to be part of the panel, DM me or send me an email or, or any way you know how to reach me. And remember, again, to click the like button and subscribe. So thanks a lot for watching. Have a great week. We'll see you again next week. And until then, I remain Jan Landy, and I hope I continue to remain Jan Landy. That's what I can say. So, so there you have it. And now I got to figure out how to stop this. Oh, there we go. I figured it out. So we'll see you again next week. Remember, you make it happen. Make it happen. Uh, stay safe and stay healthy. And uh, remember uh, to make it happen. That's all I can say. And with that, we are off the air. And that's it. I got a 